Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the zone sports network. Yeah, I mean all of that right now is has just been um, a little shot in the arm, you know, in a sense like I have a I have another it's like another chance, you know, and um, knowing what I'm coming into with the organization, uh, the culture, the the players, um, like you said, Donovan, Rudy, Joe Ingles, I mean, Bogey, we go down the list, we have a really a deep team, and um, it's just an exciting feeling to know that that's what I'm walking into, and the city's excited to have me, you know, it's not, you could easily have been traded anywhere else, and you know, them not really want you or think there's a bad deal or whatever, and you're just fighting that fight the whole time. But you know, Salt Lake City has embraced me from since the trade happened. So it's it's a, it's a it's a fun fun time for me. I feel like I feel revitalized. I feel like I have a lot of energy, just ready ready and anxious to get things started. All right, that was Mike Conley, and uh, of course, we're seeing now the back end of the roster for the Utah Jazz uh, take shape, Gordon, as uh, some news today. Um, the Jazz have reached a verbal agreement to sign French forward William Howard, who's been playing over in uh, in France. I don't know how to pronounce the team he was playing on, but uh, nonetheless, he's been playing over there in France. Uh, the Jazz also today uh, come to uh, sign Maya Oni to a contract, of course, one of their three second-round picks. And then over the weekend, Gordon, uh, they deci- they signed Nigel Williams-Goss, bringing him back over from, uh, from Europe. Of course, the Jazz picked him in the second round uh, three years ago? Yeah, a couple of years. I think he was overseas for two years, if I'm not mistaken. Right. He was the same year as uh, as Donovan Mitchell. So the the Jazz bring back kind of a familiar face. They sign another foreign player and uh, sign one of their second-round picks, and that brings their roster to 15. Yes, it does. So what does that mean for Jarrell Brantley? Two, I would, two-way deal, maybe? That's what I would think. I would think that uh, the those other two second rounders are probably uh, be two way players for the Jazz next year. William Howard, I mean, I looked at his numbers; they were, you know, they don't blow you away. But obviously, the Jazz looked at him and said, "It's almost like scouting a pitcher in baseball." You know, you wonder why, like some high school kid, gets some huge contract, uh, big signing bonus, and all that, but he might not have the greatest record in the world. But they, they, scouts can see the, what the raw material they have to work with. And that's probably what the Jazz are doing here. Are you surprised that it was Mia, Mia Oni um, of the three second-rounders? No, because he played really well in Summer League. And, and uh, that was kind of the, the scuttlebutt out there was that the, the, out of those players, he was the one that really impressed uh, the Jazz Brass. And, and with, with both these players, really, Gordon, uh, you, you look at uh, Howard, he's 6'8 and 207 pounds. Oni's 6'6. These, these long-rangey wing Potential guys. two-way guys, as far as not contract, right. but both ends of the floor. And, and can get in and guard multiple positions. I just uh, I think those types of players have so much value uh, that, uh, you know, because they're useful, you mm-hmm. can use them uh, in a pinch or in a number of different ways, and they can go out and they can uh, they can switch on defense and uh, do those sorts of things. And then if, if they can shoot from three, I mean, all the better. Last year, uh, Howard shot, so let's see here, 34% from three, so and he was a little was better a little, the year before, right? Yeah, that was a low for him. He'd done pre- better than that previously 
But if you can guard multiple positions and you're at least suitable when it comes to shooting the ball or have some potential, then you could certainly have a role on this team or probably any NBA team. Those guys are so valuable. Yeah, I think looking at a player and uh, fitting him into your system, taking all that into consideration, and then developing him, those things are more important now than I think darn near ever before. Because when you have a developmental staff like the Jazz do – they they're looking for this. They're looking to grow players into something that is really useful for them. And whether how these guys work out, I don't know, but it's it'll be fun to watch and see. Yeah, and um you know, we'll see if the if this will probably conclude the Jazz offseason now that they're at 15 unless unless we see something crazy and out of the blue, but uh, I would guess them signing Oni is is probably a sign that uh, that they're about wrapping it up. Yeah, I would imagine. And you heard as we were coming into this segment, uh, Mike Conley uh, talking about how welcome he feels in Salt Lake City. And so you sort of run the gamut with this team as far as new guys coming in. Your lead point guard, who is expected to play a huge role all the way down the roster to the end of the bench. Uh, it's uh, It's an interesting mix, in my opinion. You know, guys who don't know nothing and have to learn everything and guys who are about as savvy as they come. Right. All the way down the line. By the way, we got to get – can we get Mike Conley? Can DJ and PK have Joe Ingles come on? Can we have Mike Conley come on with us? Because that that voice cannot be wasted by not being on radio. I know. He does have a great voice, doesn't he? We but talked about that last Austin, week. Austin, can you play that again? I, just, I mean, it's almost it's almost soothing uh, right. listening to him. And that doesn't happen very often. You want to hear his yeah. voice again? You want? I want him to like read the three bears to us or something. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I mean, all of that right now has is, is just been um, a little shot in the arm. You know, in a sense, like I have a, I have another. It's like another chance, you know. Yeah, that's a voice built for radio. It right sure there. is, and no better place than right here with us. Yeah, we need to get the wheels in motion there. If yeah. he and Coach Kraskoviak were in a voice-off, who would win? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, Chris Kraskoviak is more uh, bass, and Mike Conley is more soothing and smooth. He ought, yeah, he ought to host, host a smooth jazz show late night radio or something. Good call. Yeah. MC. See, MC, Mike Conley. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, we, need to, uh, we need to put that voice to work. It's Couldn't McJazz. Well, plus, I, I, I mean, he's obviously a thoughtful, insightful guy. I mean, oh, no everything he's, uh, he's said so far is, is really interesting. I can't wait to, to cover him this upcoming season. I, I think he's going to be uh, a nice, fresh voice. Uh, for fans to listen to as well, I agree with that. And it doesn't he, when you hear him talk, it's almost a calming effect, mm-hmm. and not just the tone of and tenor of his voice, but also his presence. And I think I think the coaches have picked up on that and are really hoping that uh, with his, like I said, his seasoning, his savvy, that he'll be able to come in and help a guy like uh, Donovan Mitchell as he goes through a continuing climb. That how high it can go, I don't know, but I have a feeling that Mike Conley's presence isn't going to get in the way of that. It's going to enhance it. I I know what you're saying with the word seasoning, but is it weird that I'm I'm like picturing somebody like <laughs> like sprinkling Lowry's seasoning salt? <laughs> What's on, your favorite seasoning? Uh, like on the grill, what are you going to go with? I don't know, Cajun lemon uh, pepper. Cajun is pretty good. Cajun mm-hmm. right. depends on what you're cooking, of course. Old Bay is. Is pretty much where it's at. What's that? If you're having, 
Oh, you, you you've had Old I'm Bay sure before. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, if you've uh, spent any time in the the Chesapeake region, you it's, it's, you know it's what a, it's it is. A, it's a it's a version of salt. Uh, it's not really. It's a little more spicy, I would say, than salt. Mm. All right. If you've ever had a blue crab pick, oh yeah, you've had Old Bay seasoning. Okay, I'd almost be willing to bet. Yeah, you got to kill the taste. What are you talking about? You don't like blue crab? You're from that part of the country and don't like blue it's crab? It's okay. You just got to work to eat it. Yeah, you have to work to eat it, but it still <laughs> tastes good. I know. I remember I remember coming back from the Chesapeake on Saturday nights after boating, and the crab shacks along the way would be absolutely jammed with people. And why wouldn't they? I mean, Virginia's for lovers and Maryland's for crabs. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about this. Uh, Utah's Supreme Court weighed in today, uh, had a decision involving ward ball, Gordon. Uh-huh. And I want to, I want to, I'm curious to, as to what you think. All right. Uh, there was a guy, his name's Judd Nixon, who was playing uh, in a ward ball game back in 2012 okay. at a stake center down in Utah County. Uh, he was, uh, he was, he had the ball and he was going up against another guy, uh, Edward Clay is that guy's name. Uh, Utah Supreme Court uh, Associate Justice Thomas Lee offered this play-by-play, all right? So this right. is him describing the situation. I'm going from uh, the piece in the trib. Quote, Nixon dribbled the ball down the court to take a shot. Clay pursued Nixon to try and contest the shot. As Clay approached Nixon's right side, he extended his right arm over Nixon's shoulder to reach for the ball. Nixon came to a jump stop at the foul line and began his shooting motion. When Nixon came to this sudden stop, Clay's arm made contact with Nixon's right shoulder. Nixon then felt his left knee pop. Both men fell to the ground. A referee determined, and we all know the the quality of refereeing <laughs> Brother when it comes, Smith, when it comes really, to ward ball. Uh, the referee determined that the contact was not intentional and warranted only a common foul. This so, is all from the judge? Uh, uh, well, that... Uh, uh, just first part. Right, uh, just a quote right. there, and then... Uh, I was the, going to say, wow, is that um, So Nixon suffered a serious knee injury, um, and he took uh, this guy, Clay, three years later, took him to court. He waited three years? He argued that Clay had tackled him and that his actions were negligent and caused the injury. Now, a Provo judge found that uh, that Nixon's injury was not the result of willful or reckless conduct, but occurred during uh, foreseeable contact during a game, and uh, said that his swiping at the ball or reaching in are, are to be expected when you're playing a game of basketball, right? Is that really to be expected to be? Because if you drape your arm over someone's shoulder, that's not exactly a basketball play, is it? Well. Okay, here's what the the Utah Supreme Court uh, said real quick here, and then because I, I think you're onto something a little bit. It says uh, the Supreme Court said the decision means Utahns can play hard at the at the sports they love without worrying about a potential lawsuit for injuries sustained in competition. We are very pleased the court uh, offered such clear and simple uh, direction. So here's the thing, though. Where where is the line? Does it have to be basketball related? Is is that what you or where the line should be? Because it, Cause let, it let's, can get pretty rough and tumble, man. Let's say this guy actually tackled this other yeah. guy. Well, that w- that would be and outside, blew out his knee. That would be outside the uh, the realm of uh, a natural basketball play, right? But stepping onto the basketball 
floor and like there are the oh, court. Is there like a gladiator combat? No, out there? but you have to assume a certain amount of risk because you're playing a contact sport. I'll tell you though, if you've ever played with guys who don't know what the hell they're doing, it is dangerous, and that's why higher quality players sometimes hesitate to go out and play with people like that. And I'm not saying specifically to this, but uh, our made up scenario. Uh, because you can get hurt doing that. I have a friend who was not much of a basketball player, but he loved going down and getting in runs and whatnot. And he he was dangerous. He was dangerous because he didn't know where his body was. So should he be liable if somebody gets hurt in the game he's playing? I, but you can understand that somebody who is used to a certain level of basketball and then all of a sudden someone's forearms come smacking across your your chin – I mean that's that that's not exactly something that you're looking forward to. I mean, I'll, when I was playing in a city league game, a guy popped me right in the eye because he was out of control, and I didn't sue him or anything like that. But I had to uh, assume the the medical treatment that it took to get the laser uh, to get my my retina welded back together. But you kind of knew you were at risk of getting hurt when you decided to play in the game. You have to accept some of that when you're doing it. That, I mean, it, we say a it, prayer before the game. But it's a lot easier. I mean, it's a lot less likely to get hurt that way when you're playing with people who know what the heck they're doing out there. So I understand the frustration, but from a legal standpoint, it gets very cloudy. I understand that. Foggy. You're not quite sure where... How are you going to enforce that and how are you going to interpret that? Who knows what they're doing and who doesn't? The players, though, know. They know who's who's dangerous and who isn't. But you shouldn't have to be worried about being sued just every time you go out and play basketball. Well, be the hell careful out there then. Know where your body parts are. You'll be swinging your arms around, hitting people. Yeah, but you, because people are vulnerable in that moment. That's not why they're there. They're there to compete. They're there to play ball. And accidents they're, happen. You, you shouldn't have to be worried about yeah, getting sued I understand just that. playing ward but ball. But accidents are a lot more likely to happen with people who don't know where their freaking arms and limbs are going. Okay, so what's the answer then? You have to do some sort of skills test to play ward ball? <laughs> That's not a bad idea, actually. Maybe you need a worthiness interview. Because, you know, and, and correct this me. This isn't BYU. Correct me, the two of you, if I'm wrong, but isn't the point of Ward Ball is to get everybody to participate? Isn't that like one of the whole ideals of the situation is they want everybody who uh, wants to play to come play? That's the idea, right? I think right. it's, it's a blazoned on the side of the building. Visitors welcome. Right. But I'm telling you right now, guys who play a lot of basketball, they know. They know where that line is, and they could tell these judges where that line is, but they're not always there. So it's from a legal standpoint, it would be pretty impossible to uh, to uphold a standard like that. But it, I, I'm just telling you, Jake, you know, you've been around. You've seen guys who are just wild men on the court. 
Sure, Why'd you but, look at me? But I guess I I don't, I don't want to litigate the fun out of life. <laughs> Isn't that what this feels like? Is is you like okay, a lawyer? What are you uh, talking about? People are having a little too much fun playing ward ball, so uh, we probably ought to get a lawsuit going. It's not going. fun having your knee blown out because yeah, some clown he hit him is in the shoulder, hitting you in a, in a place that you shouldn't be hit. But you know that it, it, it's like uh, going skiing. They have the they listed on the pass the the risks of skiing basically, uh-huh. and they have to do that. I'm sure legally. But as soon as you you click on your bindings, you you accept a certain amount of risk of getting injured just because of the sport you're participating. Yeah, in. but that's your fault. I mean, that's not not necessarily your fault directly, but. Nobody else is causing your injury, just you. But you have the same acceptance of the risk in basketball, I think. You shouldn't be able to – and I feel bad for this dude because I'm sure blowing out your knee, that really sucks. And well, I'm sure he thought – The mountain doesn't reach up and hit you across the shoulder when you're going up for a shot. Well, by the way, this guy got hit in the shoulder and, and his knee got hurt, so I failed to – but he it, probably it, just I, thinks – I think it probably knocked him somehow so he landed awkwardly on his – I don't know, I wasn't there – but I'm telling you right now, then those of you who are out there who play a lot of ball, have you had that experience when you get on the court and you have no control over the opponent? You have no control over the quality of that player? You're playing for your team and you go out there and all of a sudden you got the Tasmanian devil covering you thinking he's playing in the NBA Finals. So what I'm taking out of this segment is that you're too good at basketball for ward ball. No, I'm not. Because too, that's kind I'm of not, what it sounds not, like. It's not a matter of how, how good you are. It's a matter of your understanding of the game. I've seen guys undercut guys do all kinds of crazy things. They're just so avoidable. No, but they don't know what to do. They don't know what they don't know how to position their bodies. They don't know the unwritten rules. So they should be sued. I agree. No, I'm not let's, saying let's that. Let's drag them into court. No, and let's shake every nickel out of those pockets. I'm not saying that. But it's. It, it, I mean, I don't know. I, maybe there just needs to be a little education. Okay, so we're back to doing a skills test before a ward ball game. <laughs> not skills test. It's more knowing. Knowing what what the rules are and what they aren't, don't be when the guy's going up for a shot. Don't come flying down with the hammer of Thor, because that's what happened. Uh-huh. I don't know what happened in that case, but I've seen stuff. I saw a guy once going; for, he was maneuvering. Brother you know, Thor, leave he, your hammer at he, home. He, he had a crossover, and then came the other guy, and this guy clotheslined him and hit him right in the Adam's apple. Man, I, I, I thought, I, did, I thought he crushed his. Uh, what do you call that? The trachea or something? Larynx? Larynx? I don't know. But some of that stuff can be avoided easily, and it's the guy who gets hit who ends up suffering the consequences, right? And he didn't do anything wrong, except for walk on the court. State conference will be real awkward going forward, though. I'll tell you that. When these guys have to see each other. I just kind of want to play basketball with Gordon so I can sue him now. Oh, I've already planned it. It's, yeah, uh, right. Not, I'm not going to do that to you. Retirement. I'm not going to undercut you. I'm not going to pop you in the ribs when you you know i mean guys do that stuff. oh i'm gonna heave myself into harm's way you're not really you're not getting it here it's gonna have oh you're very gonna little hurt, of you're what, gonna hurt me no i'm gonna hurt uh, myself by putting myself in the bad position but it's gonna be you inflicting the pain and then uh you'll be in touch with my attorney 
I'm not saying that I'm in favor of litigation. I'm going to come saying, down on your foot hey, you on purpose. Hey, you numbskulls out there who don't know what the heck you're doing, control your body parts. Keep that. Stay tuned. 97.5. Oh, kidney punch. 1280 The Zone.